Welcome to the Dirt Show brought to you by Agnition. And today we're going to hear part two of the Bobby Unzer interview, three-time Indy 500 winner and 13-time Pikes Peak Hill Climb winner. We're also going to hear from Bob Tim from Mississippi Thunder Speedway. Check out their incredible schedule for the 2018 racing season at MississippiThunder.com. Plus, we'll find out a little information about our title sponsor when Andy from Agnition joins us right after a few words from our sponsors. In an age where sports fans raid their college funds to pay for parking, where a single beer could cost $9, one tailgating paradise shines in the darkness. It's the only Saturday night of pure action that's BYOB. And there's always free parking coming soon to a track near you. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Night Race, only at Kansas Speedway May 12th. Tickets at kansasspeedway.com. Rated you for unexpected. This is Mark at Courage Ford Highway 218 Blooming Prairie. If you're on the market for a different car or truck, please stop in and give us a try. We keep a nice selection of new Fords and used cars and trucks of all makes and models. So stop in and give us a shot. You won't be disappointed. And call for all your service needs. Doug will take great care of your auto. Give him a call today. That's at Courage Ford Highway 218 Blooming Prairie, your service-minded dealer. Good evening, sir. Do you know why I pulled you over? It's your truck. It's boring. No, it's not a crime, but it is the way you drive it. Bring it into Auto Trim Design and let us make it look as good as you wish it did. We're located in Otana at 3275 Old Highway 14, one mile west of Walmart. Lou Fagers Racing in Delano, Minnesota is this area's authorized rocket in Shaw Chassis Repair Shop. Offering a full-service online store at FagersRacing.com. Log on and join our email for updated newsletters and check out the LFRE Superstock, Modified and Late Model Chassis, including all the IMCA and Wasota parts you need. Lou Fagers Racing has decades of experience in making fast drivers even faster. See them online at FagersRacing.com or give them a call at 800-328-3618 and they'll get the parts you need compliments of Lightning Lou. International steel erectors are the best. Yeah, I agree. We are the best. Well, I'm glad you feel that way. Here at your local family-owned International Steel Erectors, we have the grain system that'll work for you. ISC is your authorized dealer for MFS grain bins. ISC also carries grain handler dryers made right here in Minnesota. And if you are looking for a quality steel frame building, my dad also sells and installs quality star and sentinel buildings. Now, with two locations to serve you even better, see internationalsteelerectors.com. ISC is the place to be. One motorcycle captured the imagination like no other. It changed the concept of what riding can be. And now, it's ready to do it all over again. Introducing the entirely new 2018 Honda Goldwing and Goldwing Tour. Redesigned from the road up, the new Goldwing is nearly 90 pounds lighter than before. It features an all-new engine, the industry's first 7-speed automatic dual clutch transmission and a whole lot more. So head to Trimble Cycle Center in Austin and see the 2018 Honda Goldwing for yourself. USA's second oldest Honda dealer. Hey, this is Dave from Severson Oil VP Racing Fuels and you're listening to the driver segment on the Dirt Show. How did you get involved in IndyCars in 1963 and what was your first impression of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway when you walked through the gate? Well, back to Pike Speak again, okay? And this goes back into the early 60s. 
At any rate, I'm at Pike's Peak, and I meet the guy by the name of Parnelli Jones. He's up there driving for Ford Motor Company Mercury Division, and this is a factory effort and a big effort because Chrysler was there, uh, Chevy was there, Pontiac was there. All the factories were running their stock cars, and they were real stock cars then. And they brought Parnelli up to run Mercury. So, of course, I met him. I didn't know him from my sprint car days and stuff like that, but obviously I knew of him, most famous driver during that era in the United States. So, believe it or not, we became instant friends. We weren't in the same division at Pikes Peak. He's running a stock car. I'm running my own race car. Most likely, I was going to win it. I had a fast car, and I did win it. But Parnelli and I became super good friends, and I showed him all my little tricks up there, things to do to the chassis, things that he does with his eyes, with his feet, his hands, how he looks at turns, how he tells which way turns go, when he's going to have a straightaway, when he's going to have turns, you know? I mean, we just were together every single day. So we became extremely good friends. And one day, he just said to me, he says, why don't you come and run Indianapolis? And I says, no, I don't think I'm good enough to do that. That's not been in my desires. I says, I'd, I'd rather run Pikes Peak. I'd rather run some sprint car races, some midget car races, stuff like that. Stock cars, okay, anything. But I, my brother had gotten killed at Indianapolis, my brother Jerry. And he got killed in 59, so that starts getting her years better sorted here. And in 59, I got in a really, really, really serious screwing around go-kart accident in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and that took a year out of my life. So 1959 just disappeared in my life. I naturally just tore up. My head was broken. My spinal fluid was running out my right ear. I was in bad shape, and I stayed that way for a year. So make a long story short, that year after Parnelli left, I remember, we both won that year. So when he got back to California, he called and found a race car for me to drive at Indianapolis for the next May. And I, I, I just can't believe it. But now I can't turn it down. I mean, it's a AAA approved deal. I mean, I'm actually supposed to go to Indianapolis, take my driver's test, and hopefully be capable of going fast enough to make the race. And I don't want to. <laughs> it was the funniest thing about the whole thing. But I do it anyway. And I get back there, and Parnelli had me a car. Well, the car was good for a driver test, but not a good car. Terrible car. So long story short, eh, Parnelli saw the car was no good. He just told the mechanic, Bobby quit. Now I don't have any car. So Parnelli walked me right down to Andy Granatelli in the Novi car. Now, remember, I'm going from one of the worst cars there to one of the most powerful cars. Well, not one of, the most powerful car at the racetrack. And Parnelli told Andy, he says, I'd appreciate it if you give Bobby a little test ride in your car. Well, Andy wasn't going for it, but Parnelli talked him into it. And so I ran down to the shop, got my uniform on, came back out, got in that Novi, nothing fit, but I didn't care. I just needed to get into something that handled well and that had an engine in it that would go, you know? And so I got into it, and what, in three or four laps, I'm running one of the fastest cars in the whole race. It was just like a miracle that happened. 
And so I had the Novi now. I became famous all over the world because the Novi car is the most famous race car in the United States in those days. So I became instantly famous. And so it's kind of like anything you want, you have. Now, I made the race fifth fastest qualifying time. That's another miracle. It should have never happened. But it did. The car fit me good. And it was all Parnelli. And in the meantime, Parnelli had gone and, and got me another car to drive. If I didn't like that one, that was identical to his car, which he was the fastest guy at the track. And so I just kept telling Parnelli, I says, no, I, I don't want to get another. I don't want a Watson car with the Aussie in it. I don't want that. I says, that friggin' Novi likes me, and I like it. And I says, I'd just rather do that. Granatelli gave me a great big fee to drive it, $1,000. Now, that's nothing, but it was a bunch to me. So I had a real car to drive. Got into the race, started, but I didn't qualify till the third day because the other days were already gone by. So that meant I'm going to start way in the back, but the fifth quickest car in the race. And so they dropped a green flag, and what did I do? I mean, I promptly wrecked. I mean, the second lap of the race, I had a wreck, and I'm out of the race. And ironically, it didn't hurt my reputation. Should have killed it, but it didn't hurt it. So I just go, the race is over, I'm out of it. The crowd was happy, sad for me wrecking it. And I get on the championship circuit and trying to find race cars to drive. And I find them. Because once you drive the Novi, wow, everybody knows you. I don't care... If it's the dog catcher, he's going to know you if you drove the Nova, you see. And so I did that all year, got a good car to drive, didn't have it steady, but drove it for Gordon Van Loo, Vita Fresh Orange Juice car, Watson, brand new car, brand new good offy engines. I mean, nice stuff. And so I did that for that year, and of course, Granitelli hires me the next year, and I get the first all-wheel drive that's going into Indianapolis. And the car was fast. But, you know, we, we had that Eddie Sachs, Dave McDonald, big fire. I forget what year that was. But the two guys got killed in that big fire, big wreck. Well, I lost my car into that. I got involved into the wreck also, but I didn't get burned all that bad. I just got kind of minor burns. And so one more year I did Granatelli, and he did me a light weight all-wheel drive, and real secretly made and blah, 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 you know. Well, everything was fine, except I was out practicing with a car. It was going to be very fast, and Ed Rose from Texas spun in front of me, and I hit him. Nothing I could do. And so there went my good car. So we got the old one back out, and I ran that, and went good in the race until the car had an oil line or something came loose in it, so I dropped out of the race. So now after that, see, that, that end of the, that's three years with Granitelli, three years with the team that, in a lot of ways, Parnelli put together. He totally put it together for me with Granitelli, but then he ended up driving the turbine in 1967, and he led the whole friggin' race, except for burned out of bearing in the transmission right at the last. Very last. So that kind of ended that. Granitelli is trying to hire me after that again. In the meantime, though, 
I've got a really good teams. In other words, I've really, really, really gone a long ways. Don Branson was going to retire. He had one of the best teams there, and he even wanted me to take over his job. And that was leader card. Leader card team. Roger Ward had already won twice for them. In other words, I went from little teams, not so good, into the best, and just almost overnight. So I got in with Judd Phillips, the chief mechanic, and it was my car. Unfortunately, Branson had gotten himself killed the latter part of the season before that, out in California at Ascot. But nonetheless, it had already been planned. That was my car. That was my team. And they're good people. I mean, I had the best now. And so I just started doing better in racing. We started buying Dan Gurney Eagle cars, and all I did was go faster and faster and faster. And by golly, by the time the next year come around, I'm winning races. I won my first Indianapolis car race at Mossport, Canada, in this car that I just described. In fact, I won two of them that day. And those were my first ever wins in an Indy car. Then the next year, I won four of them in a row. Then went to Indianapolis and won that sucker too. And so I really was cooking good, you know? Good team, good cars. And, of course, Goodyear and Firestone, that's where the money was in those days. That's where the money came from. My money came basically from Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. And I had to work my way into being one of their best, if not the best, tire tester that they had. And I did this almost every week. And, of course, all I do when I do that is get better. In other words, you sharpen your skills. And you learn more about the car. Goodyear might tell me I'm not supposed to be working on the car, not supposed to be adjusting it, but I sneak it underneath them. They don't even catch me doing it. So I'm always doing testing and making the car go faster. And before you know it, Goodyear, Dan Gurney, besides he's going to retire, his wife said, no more for you. He hadn't been hurt, not going to get hurt. And so Goodyear called me and said, would you take a ride in Gurney's car if we send it back for next week's tire test? So I said, well, you know, this is strange. You know, I'm driving for a good team now. Why would you guys want to put me into another one? Well, it's it's high-buck thing, high-buck team. And Dan builds his own cars and things like that. And, of course, I don't know what to say. But if Goodyear wants me to do it, that's where my money comes from. Goodyear wants me to do it, I'm going to do it. They really like me now. I mean, I've come from Pikes Peak with Goodyear. I took them up there, and I mean, I'm running for them as, as one of their lead, if not their total lead driver, testing every week somewhere. Phoenix, Ontario, Indianapolis, somewhere, Michigan. And so I just said, wow, this is really nice. Yeah, if you want me to try that car out, I don't know if they have a problem with Gurney's car. I don't know what it is. But I said, yes, if you want it, I'll do it. Well, I did it, and, of course, I went faster in his car. He sent back his very best people. I mean, I got an engine man that you can't imagine what that friggin' engine guy would do, you know? I mean, I'm running a, 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 what I think call a junk engine in the tire test. I get into one of Gurney's engines with John Miller. Wow, I'm flying. And so naturally, when I go fast, 
everybody wants me. Goodyear says, that's where we want you. Gurney says, I want you. And so I become the number one driver on the Gurney All-American Racers team. Now, I hated to leave Wilkie, but, you know, I mean, Goodyear spends millions where he spends a thousand. And it's just a big difference. You know, I'm never out of money. Plus, my contract money is, is quite good. In other words, they pay you money to sign a contract. And I'm telling you what, it was just like, it's like dying and going to heaven, you know? I mean, you just had everything that you could want. And that's how all that stuff happened. A couple of seasons ago, I had Mario Andretti on the show. Like yourself, he is a real class act and a genuine ambassador for the sport. No doubt. You and Mario used to fly together to the races, and it sounds like the plane was maybe a little iffy? Well, a lot of my old planes were really iffy. <laughs> really iffy. But it's all I had. you got to remember, I almost lived in an airplane. Sometimes I'd fly to a sprint car race and land the airplane and just do nothing. Just sit there and lean over against the window and try to get an hour or two of sleep before the friggin' sprint car race starts, you know? And I used to do this often. Mario and I both would. Maybe he'd get in the, lean up against the right window, I'd lean up against the left one. And I did this with Branson, with Mario, Roger McCluskey. You know, you become good friends with these guys even though you have to race them every weekend, you know? In other words, those are the best that I just named. None of us had a lot of money. Mario didn't have any money in those days. Branson, damn sure didn't have any money. McCluskey, ah, come on, he came from Tucson, same as me, used to run a garage. He had no money, you know, but the good race drivers. And so we would just travel together, do everything together, tire test together often, travel in my airplane. They didn't have airplanes at the time, and mine wasn't very good at the time. They got better over the years, but they weren't so good then. But it was fun, and it was safe. And, you know, I teach them how to help me, like, like I need to get a little sleep while I'm flying. So I teach McCluskey how to use one instrument, and uh, you just keep these two lines together. And I says, if anything else happens, wake me up. That's it. And hell, we travel the whole United States constantly like that. Every week, two or three times a week, we'd be going somewhere. 1969 and 1974, you won the USAC National Driving Championships. I look at your competition in that era, A.J. Foyt, Gary Bettenhausen, Larry Rice, Tom Bigelow, Poncho Carter, Johnny Parsons Jr., and many, many more. What an incredible era full of top talent. You know, that made it so much fun. For example, i got to tell you about one race in particular that I never could get put to bed, and that was Terre Haute, Indiana. Terre Haute was the biggest sprint car race of the year. And I'd run there every friggin' year that they'd have a race there. And I led a lot of them. But always I'd break, hardly ever an engine. But like one time I'm leading that thing and I ran what's called the cushion. People that are racers will know that's the high end of the racetrack, the top end. That was like my favorite place to be. And I ripped the right header clear off. The mud was too deep up there, the cushion was. And I ripped the header off a lost probably 25% of my horsepower. But I led that thing all the way until that happened, and I would have won that race that day if I hadn't knocked the header off. And so that's okay. Then I go along in a lot of years. 
And then before you know it, probably somewhere around 68, Don Shepard, my car owner, calls up and says, uh, we're going to go to Terre Haute. And I said, no. I says, I says Shep, you're going to have to find somebody else to drive it this year. I'm not going to drive sprint cars anymore. And he says, well, why? I says, because Foyt quit, McCluskey quit, Branson got killed, and I started naming off all of these guys that are going to be gone. And they're all the big names. And Mario quit. I mean, everybody that I was racing against in the sprint cars, all of a sudden, just shut the door and quit running sprint cars. So I said, well, man, I ain't going to be, I am not going to be the target for all the rookies and the, the new guys that are coming along. They're all going to be shooting at Bobby Unser. And I said, I don't think I want to do that. The fun's gone. If I can't run against Foyt and Branson and, and McCleskey and all these guys, the fun's gone. Rutherford. Rutherford was terribly good. And I mean, you look at all of these things, and, and I just said, that's it. So then I'm over to Speedway. I think it's early May, if my memory is right. And the phone rings for me in the race shop back there. And so it's Mutt Anderson. This is the car. It's, this is the best sprint car in the USAC sprint cars. But McCluskey, it was basically McCluskey's car. You know, if he keeps running, it's his. I know that. But, but also, I heard McCluskey quit. He's not going to run either. So Mutt calls me on the phone, and he says, you want to run Terre Haute? And I says, no, Mutt, I'm, I'm out of the sprint cars. I'm not going to run the sprint cars anymore. I said, shit, everybody quit. They're all going to be shooting at me. I said, if I drove your car, they're all going to be shooting at, at that thing. And he says, Bobby, he says, you never won Terre Haute. I said, oh, shoot, oh, this can't be. Why would a man do that to me that's got the best sprint car in the country at that time? And I just stood there almost shaking. I said, Mutt, I'll be there. I'm going. Get that friggin' car ready. So he did, and I went there and just wiped them out. I mean, kicked butt, you know, really good. Let them know, you know, that car was really suited for me that day. The track was really good. The cushion was there. Everything I needed, and I just, I wiped them all out. All the new guys that thought the only guy they had to pick on was Bobby Answer, they found out that wasn't an easy one, you know. Bobby, a little local connection that you probably don't even realize. You also ran some USAC stock car races back in the early 70s, winning the Miller High Life 200 in Wisconsin. And I don't know if you knew this, but you were followed by one of our local drivers, Verlin Aker of Blooming Prairie, Minnesota, which is about 16 miles away, who finished second. Do you remember that race? I remember the race. I have the trophy. I can look at it right now. I'm looking at it with my eyes. It's one of those grandfather clocks that sits on the floor, you know, goes ding-dong every hour, you know. And I promoted that trophy. My car was so good for that race, and I had so many special things done to it. Not cheating. It wasn't a cheater. Foyt always had the cheater. The fair was going on. I went over to the fair, and this guy's selling these big clocks tall as I am, and I talked the guy into putting one up for a trophy to anybody that broke the qualifying record the next day. So he did that. <laughs> so I set a new record and got the clock. And it's, it's just sitting right here. I can look at it right this second. And there's a picture of the car that I did it with. And that was so much fun because the stock cars, I became 
I became pretty good in the stock cars. I, I knew what I was doing, and I didn't drive cars unless they were good ones after a while. In other words, factory cars, Ray Nichols, factory Dodge. I mean, whatever I drove after that Ford, drove for Holman and Moody. I mean, that's the Ford factory Ford, you know? Ford would be doing it, too. He had a Ford, I had a Ford, let's throw down, let's have a, let's have a good race. And it was really fun doing the stock cars. I mean, Ralph Moody, you know, Holman and Moody. Ralph Moody really liked me. And so when he had a weekend off, meaning he didn't have to go to some NASCAR race or whatever, he'd call me on the phone. He'd go out to their junkyard, cars that had been wrecked. He'd go out there and find a car, go get an engine off of the shelves up there, because they built hundreds of engines, and put that car together. Call me up and he'd say, let's go run uh, run the dirt race at Indianapolis. And that's Ralph Moody. That's number one friggin' thing. And so I'd do it, you know? I mean, I mean, not only do it, man, I'd love it, you know? Car wouldn't even have windshield washers and wipers. It's a muddy track. And so we used wood. And I'd tape some rags on the end of it and put me a jug inside the car. So when I'd have a yellow flag, I'd put that thing in the water, reach around the corner, wash my windshield off. But the car went fast. And so I had fun doing those things. I mean, I drove for Harry Hyde and NASCAR. I drove the best stock cars that there were. I didn't do it regularly. Didn't want to do that because Indianapolis cars were my cup of tea, see? But I had a good time doing that, I promise you. One item that really caught my eye being from Minnesota was the record-setting Chaparral snowmobile that you built. I'm just a nervous, hyper person, you know, and loved snowmobiling. My brother got me into snowmobiling. In 1968, snowmobiles were junk then. But Al called up and he says, hey, because he needed my name. I was winning the races in those days. And Al did later, but not right then. And he called up and he says, we need to go promote some snowmobiles. That means they needed me, see? And so get a hold of the, one of the factories. I wasn't a very good one. And we got snowmobiles. And when we'd finish with them at the end of the year, we'd give them back to them. They were junk. And so... Pretty soon, I became interested in the snowmobiles, the design. And so Chaparral was made in Denver. That's really close. That's only 400 miles from me here. And I got airplanes, you know. I can go up there anytime I want. Gasoline and airplanes wasn't so expensive in those days either, you know. I mean, I'm probably buying gas for 50 cents or 75 cents a gallon. And so I go. I went up to Chaparral and I'd look around the race shop and see what they were doing and nice people. And before you know it, the president of the company asked me to come in his office and he was hitting on me to run the race team. In other words, be their boss for their racing. Now, they had never made the finals at Eagle River. That would be equivalent to the Indy 500. They'd never made it. So his name was George Walker. So George asked me, he says, what would it take? How much would we have to pay you? And he says, we've never made the finals at Eagle River. And I stood there for a while and I looked at him. This is the head of the company. He's serious. And so I told George, I says, tell you what I'll do. I says, I'll run all your racing for you. I'll run the factory team and I'll be the race engineer. I'll be everything. And I got good helpers, but nonetheless, I'll be the boss. And I says, we'll go to Eagle River. And I says, if we make 
the race, the final, 10 sleds. Because we won out of probably 100 or 150 sleds that went there to try to make the race. And I says, if we make it, I didn't say win it, if we make it, I'll have a party of my choice at the end of the year. Well, now this seems kind of dumb to George, you know. He says, geez, that's nothing, you know. One party? No, no no problem. So George just sticks out his hand, gives me a handshake. I said, okay, so I go to work. And I built what you know got built. <laughs> I designed that. The guys that work in, in the race shop up in Denver, I mean, they become my good friends. And we all learn to speak the same language. Because I live in Albuquerque, and, and I only fly up there and take a look at things when I need to. And I have a ranch up in Chama, New Mexico. That's up against the Colorado border in the mountains. And there's a racetrack up there. So I have a good place to test. Plus, I got an airport. And I do a lot of the testing on my airport. So make a long story short, I designed their stock sleds. I designed the racer. And that thing became just unbeatable. That thing was just lightning fast. Today, it's still one of the most sought-after old sleds that there are. Everybody in the country is trying to buy the one I have over here, but I won't sell it to them, you know? I mean, I changed the whole industry. And coming out soon, and I don't know which magazine, Olaf Han, he makes stuff for snowmobiles, big. He's doing and has finished doing a story on snowmobiles that has to do with this era where Bobby Unser started doing all this new type of designing. Like I put independent suspensions on them. I went to work and made special engines. Those were done up in Denver also. Shock absorbers, hydraulic shock absorbers. They'd never had them before. Snowmobiling didn't know what this was about. So I did all of this stuff. And I roll bars on them, sway bars, whatever you want to call them. Everything you could imagine. I put Bobby Jr. on the sled that I have over here, and we won the Western Championship with it. And people just couldn't understand it. They would look at these weird things. Oh, I also put wings on them for a while. Of course, they outlawed that really quick, you know. Said it was unsafe. Jeez, all I was doing was breaking records everywhere, winning all the races, you know. And so my snowmobiles became famous. And this guy by the name of Olive has a big article that will be out soon in one of the leading magazines. They had to get down and find out who really changed snowmobiling and made it a high-tech race. And it was Bobby Unser. And this guy got into it and did all of the checking on everything. And that made me proud. So, you know, I got my little machine over here set in my race shop over here. We never started anymore. But I also cleaned it up a little bit, and it looks pretty nice now, you know. This year I'm going to get inducted into a big sports hall of fame because of doing all of this. Somewhere in Wisconsin, I think it is. Not till September. Your son, Robbie, ran sprint cars here in Minnesota at the Jackson Nationals in 1985. He also ran Indy cars, a nine-time winner of the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. What is Robbie doing now? Well, he doesn't do any more racing. He works for Speedway Motors. Robbie was exceptionally good and, and quick in anything. Anything racing, he was fast. And then down in Texas at the Texas World, down there he had a bad wreck one night. And uh, he got himself hurt. 
It wasn't a permanent hurt, but it was a bad one. And I think that that just turned his head around. It's the only thing that we could ever figure out that stopped him from racing because he started going slow. And you could obviously see that he's been bit, you know. This is usually what happens to a lot of the drivers that get into bad wrecks and they don't recover from them really well. And I think that happened to Robbie. He still has the talent, but he doesn't have the desire to go out there and do it. Win, in other words. Bobby, thank you so much for the memories I'll never forget. Sitting in the living room, watching the wide world of sports and watching the Indy 500 and you going under the checkered flag and all of the racing coverage. It's so much fun to talk about it. It's a fantasy world, you know, because I wanted to do it so bad. What people don't understand is, is, is today I'm considered to be a pretty well-to-do person. I didn't need money. I didn't need money. Money didn't make me race. In other words, money makes a lot of the drivers race today, but it never made me race. Winning was the only thing that was ever important to me, and I learned it from the best, guys like Parnelli. I mean, to tell you what, some of those people really, really, really race hard. Foy, too. He didn't have to have money to race. He had to win. Mario. I mean, those guys were all basically the same. McCluskey. I mean, that son of a gun race harder for nothing than he would for a whole bunch. And they just don't do that today, you know? And it was really fun. And that's the way I lived. My racing was so important. I'd go to bed at night, I'd be dreaming about it. I'd wake up at 1 to 3 o'clock in the morning thinking about something to do to the race car. I just loved it. It's good sport. Best dang sport there is, you know? And now a word from our title sponsors of The Dirt Show, the dirt experts, Agnition. Farmers, tired of spinning your wheels? Get traction with Generate, a patented microbial catalyst that stimulates soil microbes to drive efficiencies in your fertilizer program. Catch the yield you've been chasing. Click on our ad on The Dirt Show website for more information on our new customer promotion today. Generate. Drive efficiencies from the ground up. When you have an accident, you want someone with experience to fix your vehicle. Bob from Midwest Collision in Faribault has spent his entire adult life servicing and repairing damaged vehicles. Midwest Collision takes care of everything from dealing with the insurance claims, providing you with a quality loaner vehicle, and repairing your damaged vehicle to meet or exceed your expectations. He's helped me and I know he can help you too. Contact Bob at Midwest Collision in Faribault at 332 Four three four. Your experienced, worry-free, hassle-free body shop. Hey friends, when you're reaching for something to add that something extra to your favorite foods, reach for cookie sauces and seasonings. Whether it's our wings and things hot sauce on your morning eggs, our barbecue sauce on a burger at lunch, our premium salsa with chips for snack time, cookies taco sauce on tacos for dinner, or a flavor enhancer on meat for a weekend feast. The Cookies family of products makes a perfect addition to any meal. Remember, smart cookies use cookies. Go to cookiesbbq.com. Cookies is the one. Napa know-how. Why are Napa Exact Fit wiper blades called Exact Fit? For starters, they install in seconds straight out of the package for an exact fit. And we've got tons of sizes for tons of vehicles. So chances are, no matter what you drive, we'll have an exact fit. That's Napa Exact Fit wiper blades. $10 off when you buy a pair. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. 
at participating Napa Auto Parts stores. Offer expires 4-30-18. Let me tell you, friends, about our stores, a great place we call Miners Outdoor. Miners Outdoor, your total source Husqvarna dealer in Blooming Prairie, has everything your yard needs. From chainsaws, leaf blowers, and weed trimmers to zero-turn mowers and everything in between. That's what being your Husqvarna total source dealer is all about. Stop in today to see the best selection in quality Husqvarna outdoor power equipment. That's Miners Outdoor, Highway 218, Blooming Prairie. Miners Outdoor, Major Tough. Coles Electric in Owatonna is there whether it's a small or large project with state-of-the-art technology ensuring a professional job will be done every time. Coles Electric services include new construction, design and build, lighting design and installation, remodel work, high voltage, and PLCs. Coles other services include generator sales, security systems, infrared cameras, directional boring systems, underground trenching, plowing, cable location, vacuum excavation, pole setting, boom truck, and 24-hour on-call emergency service. That's Coles Electric in Owatonna. Licensed, bonded, insured and offering free estimates welcome back to the sponsor segment here on the dirt show and i am joined by bob tim from mississippi thunder speedway and bob this has got to be one of the craziest springs you can remember yeah i think it is you know we've had some late starts due to rain never really anything where we've still had snow on the track this late in the year so yeah it's going to be kind of a unique year and definitely a late start well, I think this is what it's telling us, that this fall, when we get to the fall festival, it's going to be 68 to 70 degrees. <laughs> well, that's wishful thinking, I think, but let's hope that that's right. That would be nice. Let's tell fans that have not been to Mississippi Thunder Speedway a little bit about your track. I know you're very easy to find, but we also want to remind fans to bring your bag chairs because you have a unique setup with the cement grandstands and you can get your bag chairs out, spread out. There's family groups all over throughout the stands. It's just a great atmosphere. Yeah, it is. You know, we get a lot of compliments on the track, obviously, um, but we get as many compliments uh, just on the drive over to the speedway a lot of the time, specifically later in the year when leaves are changing and things. It gets its name from the Mississippi River, right in the Mississippi River Valley. And the track's only probably uh, a mile as the bird flies from the Mississippi River. So it's a really scenic area on the way over here. And uh, scenic when you get to the track, it's all surrounded with pine trees. And that's uh, kind of a neat layout. But yeah, our stands, we have concrete grandstands, a nice wide base for people to set out bag chairs and uh, give yourself a little bit more space. But we do also now have uh, some bleacher seating. So for those people that show up uh, last minute or don't want to sit in a bag chair, carry a bag chair in, um, we do have bleacher seating as well. You as a driver are always making upgrades to the track and looking at it, how can I make this better? And You've added more banking, and every single driver that we have on the show talks about the speeds, how fast they're able to go on the track, especially if they have the guts to get up next to the wall. Yeah, you know, uh, last year, year before last, we had a kind of a runoff area on the top, which gave a little space between the top edge of the track and the cement wall. And it kind of led to some more violent collisions with the wall and did a couple cars. And so for a while, we've been wanting to change that and then add that width to it. So that's what we did. We added about five foot of banking in between 12 and 16 feet of width in the corners. So it's banked pretty well. The corners are wide and sweepy, so the straightaways are far apart from each other and not real long. So they're wide, sweepy corners with a lot of banking. It allows you to maintain a lot of speed. But it also, uh, you know, it's a short way around the bottom, and the top's a long ways around with the banking. So you can really haul the mailer on the top side, but that guy down on the bottom on the tires uh, can keep right up to you. So it makes for some pretty good multi-groove racing. 
season opener right now, if Mother Nature will cooperate, is Friday night, April 27th. Talk about the classes of racing fans can see. We've kind of settled in on our classes. We've did a lot of changing over the years, and I think what we got now is a pretty good mix, um, both for the drivers and the crowd to have a good track or a good class to choose to be in, and also for the fans to have uh, you know a number of classes with different looking cars and different style of cars to, to watch and race. So we've always got our little mini mods. Our kids start and they race before the big races start, so people get there early and they want to have cheeseburger and fries or whatever and sit down and watch a little race. And we got the kids running on our Lightning Speedway, um, and we got a six to ten year old class there and an eleven on up class there on the little track in the infield. And then at seven o'clock we start out and we have our Hornets. We have USRE Hobby Stocks. We have USRE B Mods. We have USREA mods. We have our own class of Excel 600 mods, which is a open wheel modified car with a 600cc motorcycle engine in it, and probably one of our biggest classes week in and week out. And then we have our USRE late models. So it's a good mix of cars. Not a lot of cars that look the same, so you can definitely tell the difference between each class, and uh, each one has its own little things that uh, make it entertaining. Friday night, May 25th, the baddest A mods in the country hit the track with the USMTS. We always look forward to that show. We took that show last year when Chateau no longer wanted it, and it was a pretty big hit, and uh, we're looking for it to even be bigger this year. And with USMTS's new uh, format for, for their championship tour, we expect that we'll probably have 18 to 20 guys in the points hunt, and then as well as another 15, 20 guys locally that, that are competitive when they come up here and run to run with them. Bob, we will be having you back on the Dirt Show throughout the season to update fans on upcoming events. And also, next Saturday, April 21st, we're going to have track announcer Dan Bailey on the show. That should be very interesting, getting in-depth what he sees from the tower. Absolutely. Dan's been doing this a long time. He's one of the best in the business, definitely a high-energy guy. And he has so much racing history, it's just great to listen to him on the mic. Yeah, it's, it's just unreal when you sit down and talk to him. Like I said, he's been doing this for a ton of years, both announcing many different kinds of racing and involved in racing himself with his family. Bob, it's always great to have you on the show, and thanks for being with us today. All right, appreciate it, Clayton. Thanks for everything that you to promote local dirt track racing. How bad do you want to win? Hi, this is Tyler Walker from Walker Performance Filtration. When I buckle my belts and put my helmet on, I have one goal in mind, winning. Walker Performance Filtration Systems allow more air and less contaminants, keeping your motors clean and creating more usable power. Drivers like Sammy Swindell, Brian Clausen, and Aaron Rutzel can't afford to make the wrong choice. That's why they choose us. Walker Performance Filtration has systems for 410, 360, and 305 sprint cars. Midgets, stock cars, modifieds, outlaw cars, go-karts, and even custom filters. Visit www.walkerperformancefiltration.com or give us a call at 818-252-7788. Those who work the land and feed the world are exposed to many variables beyond their control. Weather, input costs, and crop prices change daily, weekly, monthly, and from one growing season to the next. Powerlift doors make concerns about easy ingress and egress and access to your buildings a thing of the past. When you build a new shop, machine storage, processing, or crop input building, be sure to specify Powerlift Doors. Powerlift Doors will give your older farm buildings a new lease on life. Zero headroom Powerlift retrofit doors allow full use of your building wall height to maximize entry clearance. We can often increase the width of door openings that are too narrow for today's equipment. Contact us at 507-374-9306. Wolf & Sons Yard Service has heavy equipment. This is Scott Wolf. 
both. Whether you need a basement dug, a building removed, footings for a remodel, an RV, camper, or boat pad, rock, sand, or dirt hauled, or even a driveway or parking lot road graded, call 455-3524. Why would you use anything but the latest technology and packaging when it comes to shipping your business products? Hi, this is Ryan. Here at Foamcraft Packaging, we provide a complete line of packaging materials, including foam products, pallets, crates, corrugated boxes, and much, much more. See all of our different packaging options at foamcraftpackaging.com or call toll-free 1-844-655-2365. That's 844-655-2365. The big boys with the big toys. Dale Enterprises. We got the right stuff to get the job done. When it comes to buying the parts that will put your race car in victory lane, all you want to know are the facts. Fact, Aero Racing Wheels can be seen on the dirt and asphalt tracks across the nation. Fact, Aero Racing Wheels has become the largest premier racing wheel supplier by supplying quality and durability at an affordable price. Fact, the Aero 59 Series Wheel has won more Monster Energy, NASCAR, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck Series races than all other brands combined. As a matter of fact, if you want to run with the winners, see AeroRacingWheels.com or call 888-895-2376 today. Welcome back to our sponsor segment brought to you by Agnition. And everyone out there knows the Dirt Show is all about dirt. And I am joined by Andy from Agnition. And Andy, so is Agnition. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Agnition is a company based on soil health. And so really, we like the dirt and the soil as much as the Dirt Show. Tell us a little bit about Agnition. What is Agnition? Sure. Agnition is a company, a third-generation family-owned company uh, located and operated out of southwestern Minnesota. Our parent company is Relco Nutrition, which is a very innovative company, been working um, in the Marshall area for over 47 years. But really what we look to do is we look to find technologies that can help to create a safe and abundant global food supply. So whether that's through animal health products, animal nutrition products, our venture into shrimp production that you maybe have heard about, our parent company, Relco, is about innovating food and helping to drive things. And Agnition is the agronomy segment of that, which works to focus on soil health and how soil health can impact plant health and ultimately can impact farm health. So like all the race drivers out there that are waiting for the tracks to thaw out and the snow to melt, the farmers are in the same boat, in their shops, working on things, getting ready to hit the fields. If I'm listening to this and I ask the question, what can Agnition do for me? Oh, absolutely. And this is a great year for it, too. So with Agnition, we go about things a little bit differently of trying to help the farmers and help their production practices. So what we do is we utilize what we call microbial catalyst technology. So we're looking to help to jumpstart the microbes that are already naturally existing in the soil that are your plant's natural partners to production. So by taking that approach of jumpstarting the existing microbes, we find that we can have a very, very high consistency of impacting plant health and ultimately yields. But in years like this year where the soil is cold and we're waiting to plant, that plant is going to need every edge getting out of the ground with products that can help it either from an inferral practice or with the ignition products. We also have some seed treatment options that can go on as well to help get those plants off to a good start. 
Andy, we will have you on throughout the racing season all the way into October, which we all know is harvest season, finding out more about Agnition and all of the products you have to offer. Sounds great, Glenn. We look forward to supporting your program throughout the year and look forward to a great racing season. If they would like to find out more right now about Agnition and your products, how can they do that? Absolutely. You can check us out online at Agnition.com, or you can go to the Dirt Show page and look for our ads. That's got a link to our content as well. For over 40 years, winning drivers have relied on VP Racing Fuels to optimize performance. Now get the same benefit with VP Pro-Grade Full Synthetic Oil and High Performance Lubricants. VP's goal was to develop a best-in-class racing oil that offers world-class cutting-edge technology, enhanced durability and wear protection, from the street to the track. BP's got you covered with the next generation performance. Rhino Ag offers the most complete rear blade line in the industry. Whether your tractor has 30 or 300 horsepower, Rhino offers a blade to accomplish any task. Don't settle for cheap imitations. Buy Rhino, building the best since 1934. Pull what the pros pull, a Rhino. Check out the full line at rhinoag.com. Time to trade the love of your life for something new? No, not your wife. Hi, this is Ken Snow from Snow's Classics. You know, as guys, sometimes we just need a little change. If it's time to sell or trade your current classic cars, call us at Snow's Classics today. We can consign your vehicle, trade it on something different, or locate what you're looking for. So you're ready to hit the road when the weather warms up. See SnowsClassics.com, where we are making dreams happen one customer at a time. Gilland Enterprises is your local distributor of Justice Brothers car care products. Justice Brothers products are manufactured for industrial, agricultural, heavy equipment, and automotive equipment. Their high-quality products are used by today's top racing teams. Justice Brothers products reduce breakage, downtime, and increase machinery reliability, life, and performance, which increases your profits. This family-owned America's brand for quality products has provided additives, lubricants, and cleaner to automotive enthusiasts, racers, truckers, industries, and farmers for more than 80 years. Contact Gilland Enterprises, your local Justice Brothers Car Care Products Distributor today at 952-934-7354 or visit our website at justicebrothers.com. Go with a winner. Gilland Enterprises and Justice Brothers. Fast Shafts owner Pat Fagan is a racer himself who has been testing and building drive shafts for himself and teams all over the nation since 1992. Fast Shaft drive shafts are the number one choice for over 90% of the major modified chassis builders. Drive shafts, drive shaft repair, 9-inch Ford center sections, slip yokes, rear end yokes, ring and pinions, bearings, spools, gears, shim kits, and more. Call Fast Shafts today. Made by racers. Four racers. 800-622-6617. Race fans, the biggest secret at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum isn't really a secret at all. Every race night in Knoxville, race fans can purchase tickets to sit on a museum's second floor in climate-controlled comfort. So whether it's hot outside or cold and windy, it's always just right on the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum's second floor, right on top of the museum. All you have to do is call in advance or come into the museum on Saturday afternoon to purchase second-floor tickets to watch the Sprint Car 
races from the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in climate-controlled comfort. And yes, there are still a number of four-day Knoxville Nationals second-floor tickets available for this year's 58th Annual 5-Hour Energy Knoxville Nationals, but those won't last long. So the next time you're in Knoxville on race day and would like to watch the sprint car races from climate-controlled comfort, stop by the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum and check out our second-floor seating. You'll be glad you did, and we'll see you in Knoxville. This your old friend Speed the Sauce Man. Welcome to the Dirt Track segment brought to you by Cookies, Sauces, and Seasonings. Well, race fans, we are not the only ones that are frustrated with the weather. The Lucas Oil Late Models, April 6th and 7th in Batesville, Arkansas, were also canceled due to the weather. About the only place in the country they're running right now, Queens Creek, Arizona, the world of outlaw sprint cars, and Donnie Schatz does it again. Coming from the 12th position, Donnie Schatz winning over Joey Saldana and Logan Schuhart. The fastest qualifier, Ian Madsen. Heat race winners were Ian Madsen, Shane Stewart, Corey Eliason, who also won the trophy dash. You're coming out of turn four and heading to the checker flag. You can feel your engine pulling for all it's worth. Is it worthy of winning a championship? Hi, this is Corey at Byers Engine Service in Rochester. We spent decades building racing engines for some of the biggest names in Minnesota racing history, including Jason Cummins' national championship winning engine in 2017. If you want the confidence that you have a winning motor under the hood, then call us at Byers Engine Service in Rochester today at 507-282-5586. The rest of the car is up to you. We'll take care of the horsepower. Cabela's and Duradoc are synonymous with the great outdoors. Now these two businesses have teamed up to show you the best in dock technology. Duradoc from the City of Lakes, Clear Lake, Iowa, now has product displays inside the Cabela's store, located just north of Owatonna on I-35. Stop by and see what a modern, high-quality, long-lasting dock from Duradoc looks like up close. Because let's face it, when you're at the lake, you have many more important things to think about than dock maintenance. See the outdoor dream team, Duradoc and Cabela's in Owatonna, and the new dock displays. See Duradoc.us. Extreme! Extreme! Powder coating! Don't settle for a finish that will chip or blur. Take it to the expert metal finisher. No matter the shape, if it's square or round. They got the best finishing technique around. Anything metal, we can take it farther. It looks like paint and it acts like armor. Hi, this is Kenny Schrader. If you got a race like I do, tune in to the Dirt Show. Hi, this is Harvey West, and you've been listening to the Dirt Show. See you at the races. <laughs> 